another brand new episode of Take a Shelfie, the podcast about bottle shops and the pints and people you find therein. I'm Jeff Martin, and with me as always is a man who would never run all the way over from third base to almost near first when the first baseman is already camped under a pop-out, Matt Prince. Matt, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm a lot better than Gene Segura is, Jeff. Uh, that was embarrassing. The reference is going to be old by the time the episode airs, but that happened last night and I'm still mad about it. Uh, that's an embarrassing team right now. I don't know what's more embarrassing, the bullpen or the fact that uh, we lost the game on a pop-up. The bullpen's more embarrassing. Well, bullpen, well yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, the Orioles were handing them the game every chance they got, and, and you know, the Phillies just handed it right back. Matt, traditionally we start this uh, show by me asking you what beer you're drinking, but I think I know what it is, and I think it's the same beer that I'm drinking. I think it is, Jeff. Uh, you know, yesterday we um, we saw on Instagram that Tired Hands was releasing their second uh, run of Double Dry Hopped Alien Church, and for those of you who do not are not familiar with Tired Hands. Um, Alien Church is like their pretty much their house IPA. It's pretty readily available at all times in cans. Um, it's, it's developed a really nice consistency. And um, uh, probably like last week or two weeks ago, they decided for the first time that they were going to release a canned version of their double dry hopped Alien Church. And uh, the first run uh, had amazing reviews. I just didn't have an opportunity to get out there and get it. So we conspired to get some today. And Jeff, you went out and you picked us up a couple four packs and here we are about to enjoy. Yeah. I know that, uh, you know, traditionally, or I guess if we're, we're assuming character roles for the podcast, you're the tired hands fanboy, and I'm the tired hands hater, though. I'm not a hater at, by any means. I like tired hands. I just think uh, they're a little overblown, but I do love me some alien church. Um, you know, my, my sort of things with Tired Hands is they tend to release a lot of lot of different kinds of beer, but the fact that they've landed on Alien Church as a staple and it continues to be released and it's consistent, I love that about it. I also um, picked up a four-pack of Trendler Pilsner, which is an amazing Pilsner. But let us let us try this double dry-hopped Alien Church. So uh, clinky-clink across the Yeah, internet. cheers. Here we go. That's fantastic. It, it... You know, it's it's scary sometimes. Like you get you you hear the hype about a beer, and you almost tell yourself you have to enjoy it, um, just to like live. You know, buy into the hype. You have to enjoy it. it has sure. to be good. You you don't want to be that one person who's like, meh. There's no faking it here. This beer is fantastic. You mentioned when you showed me how many check-ins it had gotten. And how good of a rating it has across all those check-ins that that's treehouse territory. Um, when you have thousands of check-ins and you're, you're, a, you know, you're basically a four, six on untapped, that's treehouse territory. And I'm reminded a lot of treehouse when I sip this beer, it's, um, it's truly juicy. Yeah. But without being overly sweet, I mean, that's the uh-huh. thing that I like, you know, Alien Church, you know, you're going to get a really bright, uh, hot presence bursting with tropical uh, fruit flavors, you know, overripe tropical fruits. This is doing that, but it's, it's just a little creamier and a little bit more pungent in all the best ways. And there's like a nice little subtle dankness to it that's um, 
that you know you, you usually get with tire with um with alien church this is uh really good and i hear that if you sit on it a little bit it gets even better so i i'm gonna definitely leave one of my cans for a little bit and enjoy it in a couple weeks to, to see what happened matt this all this talk of tired hands isn't fair to today's guest um you know <laughs> no. but i will i will say that um while my first experience with tired hands was at um, it's original spot on Ardmore Avenue. The first time I had Tired Hands commercially, that is outside of Tired Hands, was uh, at the shop uh, at Pinocchio's. So tell us about today's guest. Yeah, so I'm really excited because today we are going to have um, Tim Volikis, who is the owner manager of Pinocchio's Pizza and Pinocchio's Beer Garden to Go. So uh, Tim's going to join us and we're going to pick his brain on his amazing business. That's kind of why this uh, podcast even exists. Yeah. So Pinocchio's has, um, I mean, we, you know, we talk a lot about the beer garden, but I mean, Pinocchio's has just sort of been a, a, a mainstay in Delaware County for years. I can remember as a little kid going to Pinocchio's after uh, summer stage shows and uh, you know, we would get pizza or hot dogs or something like that. And they would always bring out the pizza dough that you could play yeah, with. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, Pinocchio's has been a part of the DNA of, of media for a long time. And, you know, then they were the first bottle shop in the area. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear what Tim has to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited, you know, it, growing up in media, it's part of, like you said, it's part of the fabric of our town and, and really part of the fabric of the greater Delaware County. I mean, everyone knows Pinocchio's, you, you know, everyone knows that name because of their consistency. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that Tim's taking some time away from his uh, obviously very busy schedule and joining us tonight. And uh, without further ado, let's welcome in uh, Tim Velikas. Tim, thank you for joining us. Welcome. You're welcome, guys. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you. Yeah. Um, Tim, one of the first questions we ask all our guests is, when did you get into craft beer? Tell us about your sort of first experience with, with craft beer, and if you remember the beer that got you hooked. I'm trying to think. It's probably around 2002, 2003, probably. Um, I was working here at Pinocchio's Restaurant. We didn't have... We had, I think, maybe 50 varieties of beer takeout, maybe. And uh, I was just trying, you know, you're doing the yingling uh, lagers, your, your Coronas once in a while, uh, maybe a stout here and there if the weather broke uh, to cold. Um, but the beer that got me involved was Boulder, Hazen Infused. Oh, yeah. I was at a beer festival, and I came across Boulder, and it was a new beer. I've never heard about it. And we were trying it, and I said, this is fantastic. It was from a different distributor downtown. And literally, I started bringing it in. And for all the Sarah Nevada lovers out there, I started like giving them this beer to try. And Boulder Beer Company was probably like the the stepping stone or the stone that kind of just, or a snowball, I could say, like, you know, before the avalanche that would bring it in. So, you know, Tim, you just mentioned, you know, offering 50 different beers, um, usually pumping out a lot of yingling and uh, occasionally Corona, but what, um, why did you want to open a bottle shop? Uh, well, we had Trodes, Victory, Dogfish Head, Sarah Nevada Pale Ale, and of course, Sam Adams. Sam Adams back then had like 31 flavors. I called them the Baskin Robbins and everybody was like, oh, what's the next flavor? What's the next flavor? And, um, you know, Victory was not as big, obviously. Uh, 
what happened was with Boulder, I started trying to uh, buy more beer, try different distributors, uh, try different beer companies out there. And for me, I could buy a case, sell, you know, three six packs and keep a six pack for myself, split up with my buddies and, and try different ones. Um, and then I was just actually talking to Alex about this. It was like, you know, why open a bottle shop? It was like, try to just try different beers and not have to pay for a case. So I decided to go really crazy. And, and literally I was mixing matching October beers and, or pumpkin beers and Oktoberfest beers. And I was mixed matching them and selling them like six packs at a time of different ones. And they were taken off pretty well liking around the media area. People were like, Oh, I don't have to buy a whole case of pumpkin beer, which I could don't think I could ever sit down and drink a whole case of pumpkin beer ever. Um, and then the same thing with like Oktoberfest beer. Some of them are really bad. Some of them are really good. So I was just giving people some samples of different things of, you know, what's out there. And I said, you know what? I'm also selling them more for what a regular six pack was. I was selling them for like 15, $16. And I think Hogarten was the most expensive beer I was selling for 14. And I was like, there's a market for this. And uh, a little more research. Uh, you went downtown, went into the foodery. They were been doing it for years. Uh, they didn't, all their beer was warm pretty much. So then I was like, all right, we need the refrigerators. We need this. Started researching. And then, uh, you know, from 50 kind of varieties of beer, probably over to 450 when we first opened up. Now over 10 years, I, I've lost track. Probably, probably a thousand at one point. You can get different varieties here. Uh, over the years, probably anywhere from 6,000 varieties of beer have come through here. Wow. So, Did you think it would be this successful? Uh, no. No, I really didn't. I, it took me two years to convince my father to, you know, this is what I want to do. I showed him some places. I showed him that the craft beer was moving. Um, we were moving a lot of the mix and match samples that we were doing. The, 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 like, I used to call them number one, number two, and number three. And we would like six pack number three. And then we'd get, oh, no, no, the Oktoberfest one or the pumpkin one. And then we did it through Christmas too. Uh, Mad Elf being a big seller too. But um, it, it's kind of, it's amazing how fast and how well it's grown. and you know, you've seen some breweries close, but you see probably a handful more open up right as soon as they close. And I never thought the bottle shop would be, you know, it's well taken, you know, it's actually like with all the acne and the competition, it's still doing pretty well where, you know, people are coming in for the specialty stuff, the, the, the stuff they want to, they want to talk beer to people that know beer rather than just someone stocking shelves. So. And we've talked about uh, uh, a great length on this podcast, you know, the purpose of a bottle shop, why we love bottle shops, the camaraderie, the, uh, the, the dialogue, the discussions that you can have in a bottle shop. Um, so you talked about the foodery. You talked about how they were doing it for a long time, kind of the mix and match. Uh, was it scary to be one of the first bottle shops in the area? You know, you guys kind of like led the, led the way a little bit in Delaware County. I don't think it was, it was scary. Um, this is going to be my father coming out was more so like Pinocchio's was one of the first pizza places. Pinocchio's was one of the first Stromboli places. Pinocchio's was the first to go no smoking, for, uh, you know, one of the first restaurants to do this and that where um, to, to take that initiative of being the first bottle shop was probably really like, all right, let's see if this works. And then, it, you know, in a couple of years, it was like, all right, it's doing really well. It's working out well. People were copying us. I had, you know, another bottle shop and media open up on us which is fine. You know, competition only makes you stronger. Uh, the Greeks next door, they opened up, they, they came and talked to us about it. The, the um, bottle shop in Malvern and they opened up, they talked about it, you know, um, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's, you know, it's the same thing I did down in the foodery, but I just did it in Delaware County. And I think Delaware County needed something like this. 
you know, there's not a place to really go try some craft beer. Now you, you, you see some of the other bottle shops opening. Do you, uh, do you see their stuff on Instagram and if you're not carrying it, does it make you want to carry it? Uh, you know what the interesting part is? I, Alex, I, my motto was buying stuff. I, it's someone's going to try it. So let's buy it. You know, people are out there to sell beer. I'm here to sell beer, buy beer and then sell beer. And someone's going to try it. Someone's going to drink it. Someone's going to think it's really delicious because somebody took their hard word, uh, energy, time, and everything to put it in a can or a bottle and drink it. There's a lot of bad stuff out there. So on top of that, Alex has done an amazing job of keeping the bad, not the bad, I shouldn't say, the stuff that we don't think we could sell at an appropriate time to make it, you know, worth its value. Plus there's so much other stuff out there that, you know, they keep the stuff fresh and keep it moving in on a daily basis versus, you know, just let it sit there and do nothing in, in the shop is not what everyone's out there to do. You know, the brewery wants to do it and just, oh, well, but the brewery wants people to, eat, to enjoy their beer fresh versus, you know, just let it sit there and, and go to waste. Tim, how much input do you have into what the bottle shop carries and how much do you give Alex latitude to make those decisions? I, <laughs> that's, back in the day, I was really heavy into it. Um, you know, the sales reps wanted to come see me because I'm here to buy beer and sell beer. Uh, lots of times, some of the older sales reps, it's all about relationships. Some of them, you know, want to come in here and talk to me because I say, sure, we'll try five cases, six cases. And meanwhile, uh, Alex, a second round, maybe we'll be like, all right, we'll take eight cases and see how it goes. Um, I let Alex do it all. He knows he researches it more. I'm busy with the restaurant and other things where Alex, you know, he knows what's fresh. He knows what's coming in, you know, otherwise I would be sitting here buying 10, 30 cases of everything and seeing what we can do. Space is another issue too, you know, with all these new beers coming in too. And that's where, you know, and it's not, when you say bottle shop too, it, it's funny because now there's probably 25% bottles, if that, it's all cans now. So obviously cans better, easier, you know, the, the, the argument, like we all know the episode, but literally like I walk in my cooler, I'm like, where's everything? And it's like the cans are stacked nicely. Everything's on the shelves. They fit more, you know, it's, 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 it's not bad. So but Alex does, I give him the leeway. He, he, he knows it. He, he talks to the sales reps. You know, I have some of the relationships with some of the older ones that like, you know, have been involved in this industry. It's a give and take, you know, it's a game really. It's, it's, you know, reputation too, is that you being one of the oldest, one of the first ones in here, you know, you're not going to get something, but on the other hand, you'll get something else coming around. That's even better than what, you know, some other shops have had or haven't had. For as much as, um, I love Pinocchio's for the fact that you can walk in and talk to somebody real quick and, you know, put together a six pack and walk out. Another aspect that I really love about the place is the events. You know, the anniversary party every year is one of the the greatest days. The, the Pliny day is one of the greatest days. Did you always plan to have events as part of the personality of the bottle shop? We, we did. Um, we always would say like, you know, tastings, uh, we tried doing them Thursdays, some of the events back in the day when everyone could get together. Um, a lot of the breweries would be like, you know, go, oh, let's come up and, and do some stuff. But with the anniversary, it's always a party. Uh, we always try to see every year we keep trying to get a better, better, uh, tap list. And you know, the last two years it, it's been really like, Alex, how are we going to top this? And somehow we keep doing it. And, and it's, you know, some of the parties were being really spoiled, on the uh, Philadelphia area because, you know, oh, you have Elder. Yeah, you had that, you know, five years in a row or you had this and that or some barrel-aged beers that we get. And it's like, you know, 
anyone want Russian River, you know, supplication? They're like, nah, I had that like four years in a row. But, you know, you walk into another restaurant, you sit down, you see supplication, you're like, oh, I'll take that, you know. But um, it's always a, the camaraderie is, is what really makes it fun to get people together to try different beers and, and, and you know, throw those anniversary parties or uh, tasting or when elder comes around, you know, and, and when the younger comes around, that's when it, it gets enjoyable. Um, you know, and it's also, as my father would say, how many try, how many guys are you trying to squeeze in one room? But you know, it's, it is a little <laughs> small. Uh, some people have mastered to come over on the, the, the restaurant side, cause then you get uh, your own table and all, and you can sit there and get table service and stuff, but you, you miss the, the rubbing elbows with some guys. So, but it's also, everyone's talking beer. Everyone's talking their hobby that they like to drink and, and enjoy drinking and, and, and having a good conversation. So younger day is always a, an interesting day because it almost starts as a rumor um, that like you hear from a guy who had heard from a guy who heard from a guy who maybe heard from Alex that, that, that younger was happening. And so you show yeah. up at like 10 o'clock when the beer garden opens and you just hang there and you hold a spot until all of a sudden the place is packed and you realize, Oh, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, my first experience with Younger, I was one of those guys owning a bottle shop, but I couldn't never get it. So I'd go around to all the, the elite places that have it. I'd stand in line. I'd try this and that, and I'd always miss out. And I was like, there has to be a better way. And then we researched, we talked about it. You know, uh, one year I, I got a sixth of it, and I literally was like, you know, all right, it's don't hold me to this judgment because I drink half the keg, but uh, about like 50 glasses. And then I'll be like, all right. And one year I was just sneaking out. I had it on a separate tap and I would just go and hand it to somebody and be like, thank you. And they're like, what is this? And then I say, you know, just give it back to me then, you know, but um, I'd be like, no, here you go. Like, I, I appreciate your business and all. And then all of a sudden they're like, this is younger. And they would scream and I'd be like, all right, you know what? No, <laughs> something else. But on the other hand, it was like, thank you for that. But, the line is kind of, I say like everywhere you go, it's the fun thing to do, but you know, I wish, you know, this year, a couple past years we've gotten half. So it's a little more, you know, readily available and, and, and people can sit and enjoy it. Plus production's up on it. You know, they're producing it more yeah. they're, they're, they're moving out all over the place. And then, you know, like some, some of my competitions, like, well, they got a half. How can we didn't get a half? Well, you weren't around 10 years ago when we were starting all this. And I was waiting in line drinking younger if I could. Have you, so you guys have done a lot. I mean, you have events, you get in really rare beers. I mean, whether it's Burley Oak or Bizzle Brothers on tap, but have you ever had any interest in reaching out to a brewery and maybe doing a collaboration with a brewery, whether it's beer or glassware? Have you ever thought about teaming up and doing something with a local brewery or anything? We, we talked many a times. Uh, well, we used to uh, do a real boy with Iron Hill when Bob Barrar, uh, the 2SB head brewer was there. We brewed Real Boy, that first Real Boy. Um, of course, we all kind of know sometimes local breweries around here, they say it's, uh, you know, X alcohol percent. And next, you know, it's really probably double that or if not, you know, a quarter of that where, you know, four beers, you're on the floor. Um, so the Real Boy that we did with Bob, we, we started with them and collabed there. He moved on to bigger things. We talked to them a couple of times, you know, when we're at their parties or their anniversaries and, and it's like, yeah, I mean, we just never really make it happen. Uh, certainly Pig and I, we were supposed to be talking to them, maybe making like a house beer once in a while. And then, you know, pardon me, um, selling it here as well. Um, I never thought about glassware, uh, really. 
Um, I did talk to some other local breweries, not local breweries, but like the hard to get breweries. Sometimes we would send, you know, uh, some of my employees would go up and be like, hey, we would love to pour you. If you like Burley Oak was uh, in the works a long time before they started coming here. And they kind of, obviously right now they're, they're, they're probably having a better season down there. So they don't have enough beer to send up this way, but um, they would mark some kegs once in a while. Like uh, Trodes did that with some of their one-offs that they did. They would mark a keg or two for Pinocchio's only because, you know, the relationships that we have. But um, I always do want to collab. I also, you know, a lot of people also ask, and I don't know if this is one of your questions is, well, how come you don't want to brewery? You know, like I, 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 I do and I don't, you know, I see what they have to go through. I see, you know, a lot of people critique their beers and go, this is not good enough or, or you know, why can't you do X, Y, Z? But um, yeah, it's, it's just time, I guess. I just haven't had there. Cause I, I really don't want to brew. I just want to be there drinking and, you know, I don't feel like cleaning out the mash ton. So. Right. Amen. <laughs> so I've got to ask, uh, yeah. you know, you, you yeah. guys open your, your Pinocchio's beer garden, but why do you call it a beer garden when anyone who, you know, people who are in a craft beer, they know beer, they, they think beer garden, they think, you know, German beer garden outside, big long tables. Um, do, and did you ever think about changing the name once the idea of a beer garden got around enough that people kind of knew what it was? So, we, I knew it was going to be a bottle shop. Um, we actually went to a marketing company and the marketing company, and I'm not going to say because we kind of still use them, but the marketing company sat down a round table supposedly and came up with a list of names. And the only thing that came to my mind was a beer garden to go. And the emphasis is on to go, like get your beer and go. Uh, beer garden wise is more like, you know, I guess, yeah, German style, hang out, have a bunch of beers, enjoy yourself. Um, this is a good question. But anyway, the, the marketing company came up with such bad names. We couldn't even like, I, I was like, I, I told my sister, I hopefully you didn't pay for this because it was horrendous. Like I was just like, this is unbelievable. This is a marketing company. This is what they're going to do. So we just stuck with beer garden to go. The go is like, you know, the beer garden is maybe there's a variety of beer, but the word to go to make it, you know, so you can go home with it. A lot of people get confused with it because when they do come in, they're like, oh, where do you sit down? Where's the garden part? But um, changing the name, it, it, I mean, it would be a Pinocchio's bottle shop or, you know, even uh, I, I've uh, the hat, you know, every pin beer, like our website, maybe like pin beer to go, maybe changing like that. But uh, yeah, I really never really thought of it. Um, kind of just stuck and just kind of rang a bell to everybody. So, so uh I'm I'm very interested because I know or I've heard you have a little uh, little side stash, a little Tim stash in the back. I know that your your patrons are uh, very generous with you. What's the best beer that a patron has brought in to give you? And a side question to that to tie back into the bottle shop. What, in your opinion, is the best beer that you've ever sold at the bottle shop? These are both hard ones. Best beer that someone's given me? Yeah. You could give a brewery if there's one that like came in the door and you couldn't believe. I, I was going to say, I get a, a, we get a lot of other half coming down. Um, back in the day, there's like a, there's going to be like a three part probably answer to this. Uh, back in the day, uh, Alchemist used to come down a lot. I used to go up and get a lot of Alchemist. Sip of Sunshine used to come down a lot. It was fantastic. A lot of the Vermont breweries that would just kind of appear all of a sudden on the doorstep, um, you know, Frost, everything like that. Um, that was a cool fun time but now it kind of all comes to us so now like i said I, we're spoiled um 
best beer that someone has given me. Uh, that's a tough one because there's a lot of beer. Uh, we used to trade back in the day with my old manager, Dan. We would trade for Elder a lot. Um, and I would have to say getting a fresh Elder bottle in the mail was probably when, like, it was Christmas morning pretty much when you would open it up. And then, of course, we wouldn't wait till you know, 1030. We would have to crack it open right away. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. But we, we, we are very fortunate. Best beer we sold? I'd have to yeah. – that's tough too, because it's also like in the earlier stages, uh, Elder. Elder was probably one of the best beers, even though it was a couple months by the time we got it and all, or even younger. Um, but Trotes has some fantastic beers that we've gotten fresh from them and, and, and sold them. Uh, one of my favorite brew companies, and, and I would model, I would model if I owned a brewery after them, would be Fatheads. Fatheads, literally the most award winning brewery. Uh, Hunter is ultimately one of my go-to. I don't know if it would be my island beer because right now Strange Magic from them might be my island beer, but um, they just they just seem like they hit they hit it out of the ballpark every time. They they seem like they cannot make a bad beer. And I've also talked to them about making bad beers, and they said we just don't release them. And a lot of companies said that, like founders used to say that and all. But I mean, like every beer I have from Fedez, I'm like. Uh, a award winner. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Cause we have eight. Of them. I actually so. won an award. <laughs> okay. So you, you, and they're only, I think they're nine years old. They have nine awards. Like they won award every year that they've been open. And that's amazing. That's just like Bob, you know, okay. talking like you want a stout, go to Russian river. You're not Russian river. Go to, go to, um, I was because of his Russian stout, go to Bob, Bob stout. It's won awards all the time. It's he knows what he's doing. He has it, you know, the niche. And for, but, for our listeners, that's uh two SP brewing in Aston. Bob Barrar is the head brewer. He's won many Gabfo awards for his Russian Imperial stout, both at Iron Hill and at two SP. Uh, Tim, you, you kind of talked about this, but, uh, I just want to get like a, a quick answer from you on this. Uh, what brewery or breweries excite you the most about their availability in your shop? Like when you're just looking at the wall of fridges, what brewery do you see sitting there and you're like, man, that's awesome. That's incredible. I can't believe it's on my shelf. Um, so the one that I'm, no, there's not one. There's probably a bunch. The one I really enjoy seeing come across my way is actually, I would say two. Uh, actually, one's not even, well, it's a, it's a, it's a cidery. Um, uh, Big Hill Ciders. He used to work for me. Uh, he wanted to own a brewery, and his name's Ben. And Ben was like, "Oh, I'm going to own a brewery one day." He was in car sales, I think. And next thing you know, he's like, "Oh no, I own a cidery." And he goes, "Here's my cider." And I'm like, "This is fantastic." And he's one of the best cider makers in the market. He has a great portfolio of ciders. Everything that he does just seems to be delicious. And I know it's a little different from a brewery, but um, every time I sell his, beer, his cider, I'm like, that guy used to work for me. And that's the best part. Like knowing that he went from, you know, what he was doing just for a living to doing it, enjoying it now for a living. And he lives on a farm out in Harrisburg. And it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, some of the other ones I would have to say, same thing would be like Hermit Thrush upstate uh, Brattleboro, Vermont. This guy came to me, he wanted to start a brewery and uh I was like, I don't know. This was way back when we first started, like probably 2010, 2011. And I'm like, I don't know, buddy. And he's like, we can do it real cheap. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pricing breweries out. And he's like, it's cheap. Never did anything with him. He went on, he did his thing. He moved away. Now he brings back his beer and his beers for sours are just 
one of a kind, amazing. And I don't know if you guys had them or not. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it just when I see them on the shelf, I'm like, wow, like he could have been my brewer, right? But I passed it up. But he had other things lined up. Um, some other beers, the ones like I would have to say, you know, I would travel up with my wife and daughter one time. And I brought back like 27 cases, a heady topper from Alchemist, sip of sunshine. I bring back 10 to 15 cases of them each all the time. I actually had to put my daughter's stroller on the roof of the car coming down from Vermont the one time. Um, now I see it on the shelf and I'm like, wow, this is, this is crazy. This is how well and spoiled the Philadelphia area is, which, Hey, good for us. Yeah. You know, why Russian river comes here, you know, and, and everyone's like, Oh, well, are you mad that monks did this? A monks did that. A monks has this and that. I thank you. I thank monks. I thank Tom, you know, like without these guys, we wouldn't have beer in this area. So my answer to that question is, is Lawson's that I'm, I'm most excited to see that at Pinocchio's because we went from sip of sunshine, like Matt, I think it was five years ago or three years it, ago that like you, you found a sip of sunshine and we shared it together. And I was like, this is mythical. And now it's just around. And, and yeah. plus on top of that, you get scrag mountain pills and you, you get their super sessions and, yeah, Jack, it's yeah I was going to say, that might be my, my island beer, Super Session, or not Super Session, uh, Lost in Sip of Sunshine. Yeah. That, that might be, you know, I say, I say Strange Magic, but that might be the, the beer that I could just sit and enjoy it. Yeah, it's the Jeff, best of all worlds. Jeff, I think it was yeah. when a craft beer conference was in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. uh, some Sip of Sunshine made its way down here, and that's when we got it for the first time. For me, I'd have to say seeing uh, Grimm and seeing some uh, Bissell Brothers make it onto your shelf is, is really, uh, really cool. That's yeah. That's uh, you know what it would be interesting to see what what happens with Treehouse coming up. You know they they've grown immensely. I don't know if I could have all forty five of their flavors on my shelf at one time, but um, yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, I'm listening. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Tim, uh, thank you so much. This has been incredible. I you're mean, welcome. Like Matt said at the beginning of the interview, you know, Pinocchio's is kind of the reason that this podcast exists, and like the you know. The, you modeled a bottle shop in Delaware County um, and it, it brought Matt and I together and it's brought us together with so many great beer people in the area. Um, and so we thank you for Pinocchio's no problem. and then thank you guys. And we thank you for, uh, for stopping on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks man. Really appreciate I'm it. My beer, but cheers. <laughs> cheers. Perfect timing. Well, Matt, I can take no credit for today's episode. This was all your work. Um, so uh, I, the only thing I'll give myself credit for is we never mentioned to Tim that we weren't drinking beer that we bought at his shop. Yeah, I know. I, I felt kind of bad because I'm like, man, we should have been drinking something that I bought from him. But you know what? I'm in there enough that he knows that I'm a, a very devoted patron. And I'm, I'm sure he would have no problem with the fact that we are patronizing a local brewery. You know, when we patronize that local brewery, they get more money and then they're more apt to send beer to him. It works out. It's the circle of beer, the circle of life. Exactly. Uh, the, the more uh, we prop up our, our local breweries and our local bottle shops, it's, it's the better for everybody. Uh, and it's, it's the better for us that we have all these places because we have a lot of great stuff to talk about. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this episode of Take a Shelfie. You can visit us anytime at shelfiepodcast.com. That's where we post our full episodes, and we leave the comments section open so you can talk to us about your experience with your favorite bottle shop. Uh, if you're from the area, tell us your story of what you made out of pizza dough at Pinocchio's when you were a kid. 
Uh, you can find us on social media at Shelfie Podcast on Instagram. We like to post pictures of the beer. Matt and I both drank this tired hand too quickly to have taken a picture of it. But the great news is we both have a four pack, so we both uh, we both have more opportunities to take the picture. Uh, you can subscribe to Take a Shelfie wherever you get fine podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, all the great places. Um, and while you're there, please leave a nice review. It really helps us uh, with promotion of the podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, I'm Jeff Martin. And I'm Matt Prince. Cheers.